AJ Jones. Yes. Sir. Episode 254. 254. Talking about dealing with discouragement. Before we get to that yes. encouraging topic about discouragement, weekly catch up. Oh, okay. I know what you want to talk about. I can see it in your eyes. The iPhones? You want to talk about new iPhones. <laughs> Mine's purple. Show me. It's right here. Look. We ended up with the same phones, but thankfully you got a case. Well, I'm uh, showing it from the back. Yeah. Mine's the same color. It's that blue color. Yeah, but you got a, like a little purple case. I did. For the first time in a long time, I decided to get a case for my iPhone. Normally, I go caseless. Or naked, as I like to call it. Okay. Why did you get a case this time? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like I wanted a case. So I got one. And I got a purple one. Any thoughts on the new phones? Um, I haven't really used it a ton so far. No. I mean, I it's smaller because I had the Max before, and now mm-hmm. I have like... The non-max, the normal. The, f- the iPhone 13 Pro. Pro normal. <laughs> it's not called normal. We both got identical so phones. It's lighter and it fits better in my leggings pocket, which that's all that really matters. Yeah, because before it felt like you had half an iPad strapped to your thigh. <laughs> it's true. I like needed some sort of, yeah. Mine, because harness. I had the mini, I've gone up in size. So mine feels big and cumbersome. Yours feels small and lighter. But at least yours in your hands doesn't look like you're using a play phone anymore. It looks like you're using a I'm, normal size phone. I, I've used it for, what, 24 hours? Yes. And I was thinking of switching to the 13 mini. Oh, please don't. But I'm spoiled for the ProMotion, the 120 hertz display. Have you even noticed the display? No. <laughs> I, what do you mean? What am I supposed to have noticed? <sighs> no matter. Look at the family. They look so great on this display. Is that what you meant? <laughs> no. <laughs> But anyway, we got new iPhones. Yay. Yay. Which I should need to update Twitter because when we ordered, we had nothing but problems. And it said our ship date wouldn't be like until like October 15th or something. Yeah. But Apple did a solid and they fixed it. They fixed it and we got them the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were teaching at the school on Father Heart. How was yes, that? Father Heart Week. It was great. It was really good. I, I always like it when people are crying. So people were crying. So I was fine. Yeah. I got yeah. to be with our online students this week. Oh, yeah. I had so much gladness. Okay. It was nice to see our first-year students, but it was fun for me to be with our second-year students online who are made up of a cohort of our first-year online students. So it's really nice to be back with a group of people I'm already familiar with. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. We also managed to squeeze in a date. We did. Yeah, which is That's so true. hard to do. Like, when you work from home, largely, yes, we're around each other all the time, and yep. COVID, which means we haven't really been out, and then Fridays are our day off and the kids are in school, so we like to take advantage of it. I had four days off this week. Talk about that. Well, I uh, about two weeks ago, I worked like 12 days in a row or something. And so I had a couple of days in lieu that I could take, and so I took them off on Wednesday and Thursday. So I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, and it was glorious. And you let me sleep in on Wednesday and Thursday, both mornings. You got up at 6 with the kiddies. I did. And I slept in. I'm kind of a spiritual giant that way. What did you do with your days off? Um, I was I, forbidden from speaking to you. You weren't forbidden. Yes, from I was. To you me. gave me eyes of hate. Because <laughs> again, I'm no. working from home all day, yeah. Wednesday and Thursday. No, I just made you s- sit in the office with the doors closed so I couldn't hear you, mm-hmm. which means you're going to overheat because there's not the right level of ventilation or something in that office. Too much sun. Yep. Um. I read books. I played Two Dots. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Two Dots. And I have a another one where I sort balls into test tubes. <laughs> Colored balls into test tubes. I don't know. It's called like Sort 3D or so. I don't know. It's cathartic for me. You just, that's what you play. Uh huh. Yeah. You're so sweet. So that's literally what you did. You just. I played some Zelda. Yeah, you nice casting um, headphones in for most of the day. Yes. And I. I'm. I made some more HelloFresh meals. We had some new HelloFresh meals. That reminds me, I need to pick next week's meals. Uh, and yeah, I mean that was it. I kind of just, I just chilled. Mm. Last week's episode was all about kindness, mm-hmm. and shortly after we recorded that episode, yes, somebody sent me a link on YouTube. I need to look up the guy's name. His name is Jimmy Darts. So if you go to Jimmy Darts on Instagram, okay, it's my new favorite Instagram account. Oh no! So Jimmy Darts. You don't. Mine isn't your favorite anymore. Yours? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's because I never post. Jimmy Darts <laughs> yeah. collects money. He has like you know 
I guess, people who support him. Yeah. And then they send him random acts of kindness to go do, and then he goes, does them, <gasps> and films it. And he's so sweet. He's a lovely guy. And he just films, like somebody might be just saying, uh, ask somebody if you can cut in line, and the first person who lets you cut in line, give them $500 for letting you cut in line. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, go find somebody who's having car trouble and give them $1,000. So he'll just drive around trying to find somebody who's having car trouble right. and then give them $1,000. Right. Uh, go up to somebody and ask if you can have a pair of their shoes. And if they say yes, give them 500 bucks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So right. I'll put right. a link in the show notes to him. It, it's, it's, you know, it's really Oh, that's sweet. cool. Jimmy Dart. Jimmy, Jimmy Darts. Darts. I think he must be a Bethel person. Okay. He doesn't mention that, but I, I just based on who I follow and who he follows and the people that we know, maybe I You're don't know. You're extrapolating that he might be I'm a Bethel-ish person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. And he's in California. I don't know if he lives in Reading, but anyway, I thought it wouldn't surprise me if he's oh, got some sort. I love of that. That's such Christ a great idea. Background. Yeah. All right, dealing with discouragement. Okay. Our topic for this week. Yep. At first glance, sounds kind of depressing to talk about discouragement. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, to to imagine you can go through life without experiencing discouragement is to imagine that you're not human. Because to be human is to experience bouts of discouragement. Yes. And e- you're talking about like big discouragements, not like I burnt everything that we're eating for dinner kind of discouragement. I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put a limit on it. I'm just talking about like the human condition where we are discouraged. Okay. Right. Which you read all of the saints in scripture were discouraged at one point or another. Sure. And I want to encourage you, it's not a sin to be discouraged. It's not even a sin to be discouraged for an ongoing period of time. But if that's what we're going to experience in life, right? Right. Because God is good, but life is tragic. Right. How do you cope with discouragement? Good. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And the answer isn't chocolate. Well, sometimes it's chocolate. Or crunchy food. Or, no, see... Those are the those are the <laughs> nice versions of addiction that we don't false think have comforts. any. Yeah, false comfort. Yes, I was. We were talking. They're about nice this. though. They really are nice. <laughs> Let's talk about them for just a moment longer. <laughs> Bef- before I say that, will never help you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about this in the car yeah. on the way home, and I we were like talking about how we used to deal with discouragement as opposed to how we deal with discouragement now. Yes. And we were having a good chuckle at our expense. Uh huh. When we talk about how we deal with discouragement, I want you to imagine a spectrum, two ends of the same spectrum. I'm I'm going to give you an approach to dealing with discouragement, and at one end is one thing, and at w- the other end is another thing, and everything in between is good. Right. Here, Let me talk about the two ends at first. The first end is to shock, feel your feelings. <gasps> like, no. actually, you need to feel your feelings, because if you don't, like... Your discouragement you. is not going to go away. It's just right. going to be like, oh, it's still here. Mm-hmm. The other end of the experience is to use the word of God, right? To actually use the word of God and the promises of scripture to combat the circumstances you're facing. Yes. I'm going to suggest that you do both and. Meet in the middle. Do, do, do all of them. Like, yeah. Don't meet in the middle. Like, You've got to do that and you've got to do that. Run the whole gamut of those things. Live yeah. with both of them right. in tension. Because if you don't, you're either going to live in denial, where you're over here quoting scripture and pretending all your circumstances don't exist, or you're going to live self-absorbed and full of self-pity going, woe is me, Right. and you're never going to get out of any. Historically, I would have said, I've lived over here. Let's just quote some scripture at it. Let's just shut down our heart and let's just power through. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember living discouraged. I just remember probably discouraging everybody who's close to me because I wouldn't deal with reality. <laughs> but it's that whole thing, yeah. like, remember the feelings thing we did last year? Yeah. That if you don't deal with the feelings, if you don't feel your feelings, if you don't give them to God, if you don't talk about your feelings, you're just going to live out with the impairments of it. And everyone, instead of you feeling your sadness, everyone else is going to feel your self-pity. Yes. Right? Instead of you feeling your fear, everyone else is going to feel your rage. So the, your feelings that you're not trying to feel are going to come out somehow, so you may as well sit with them. Mm-hmm. And I, but but don't sit them don't sit with them at the exclusion of ignoring scripture. Neither do you want to run to scripture without actually being real, or you'll just end up this fraudulent hyper religious person. Thoughts? Yes, I mean, and I don't. I think on the side of scripture, you could also replace scripture with logic, like just running to having a better plan, a okay. more reasonable. 
you know, more reasonable logic, whatever the thing is. Maybe you, you don't throw scripture verses at it, but whatever it is, you're not valuing feelings and you're thinking your way out of something. So you're moving away from you're your heart. Just moving away from your heart. To plan whatever to that never have like. to feel. Right. So because I'm just thinking like, I know I definitely had seasons where, yeah, I would try and throw scripture at something until it was buried, mm -hmm. which never really successfully worked for me that well. I mean, I would feel like it worked at times in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, until you're alone again by yourself in your apartment or whatever. And then all it's, it's still there, you know, and you're still trying to toss scripture verses at it. Um, but also I had seasons where I might have not have tossed scripture verses, but I certainly tried to plan and logic my way out of the feelings that I felt. What are the, give me an example of what, what would that look like? What would you, how would you plan not to feel? Oh, well, first you just shut down your heart and decide that everything that you're feeling is just has no basis in reality and how ludicrous to feel anything. Right. Because right. you're more than a conqueror in Christ. That's, that's right. Okay. And, uh, and your mind is more powerful, of course. So you just deny, okay. So, yeah, and, just deny everything. Right. Deny everything you're feeling. And then come up with what I would have called a man plan uh, for your way out of. Why is it a man plan? Is man an acronym for something? No, it's just like, you know how men always want to like, they want to help you oh, fix logic your way whatever, out of like yeah. logic your way out of it. And then here's your, here's your five step plan for you know, whatever. So, so give me an example from, from previous life where an example you were discouraged oh. by and what your man plan was. Cause now, now I'm fascinated. Now I, I can't, I mean, you're single. It's been and years. You're and it doesn't look like there's any, you know, viable dates on the horizon. Oh, what easy. was your solution? Easy. Yeah, tell me. Okay. Man plan is, you know what? This clearly wasn't God's plan for your life anyway. Okay. Right. So discount everything that you're feeling, all the loneliness, whatever. Yeah. And I, I remember actually right before we met, my plan was, okay, so this, none of this has worked out. And so my new plan is I am now going to choose to stay single. I'm going to shut down my heart. I'm never going to have children. I'm not going to want children. And I am just going to go and travel and bring the kingdom wherever I go. And I have this plan now that's all about the keeping the walls around my heart and bringing the kingdom. And that uh, will compensate for all my natural desires. To want a mate yes, and to want children. Yes, because me and Paul from the Bible, we're going to be yeah. single and do this thing. And that, uh, do you remember coming up with that plan? Oh, yeah. And was it a great oh, solution? It's a solid plan. Solid plan. Until I was journaling that day in PEI and the Lord was like, the man I have for you. This is why it was like ruining my plan. You know, because I was like, wait, what? PEI is Prince Edward Island. Prince Edward Island, For people who are not fluent yeah. in Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd already come up with this plan on your own. Oh, yes. Okay. And you had wanted kids. You'd wanted to be married. Your first husband left you. Yes. And so. And then I was single for eight years after that. And I just got decided, words. I'm 30-something now. My clock is ticking. All ladies, once they hit their 30s, are like, my clock is ticking. My clock is ticking. So I was like, hey, I'm now, whatever I was, 32, 33. I probably need to give up on that dream and come up with a more reasonable dream. Didn't talk to the Lord about this. You just came up no. on this on your own. Yes. I needed a plan. Because were you aware of feeling sad, lonely, longing, you know? Yes, of course. And and a plan, because I'm a very high shaper, gives me comfort. So having a plan, therefore, gave me some other way to focus and not have emotions and not feel things. What were you like to be around when your girlfriends were falling in love? Were you just... I'm sure I was a joy. I'm sure they really loved having me around. I don't know, actually. Did, I mean, I did you compartmentalize know. and think, well, that's nice for them? I think but so. But because I'm a spiritual giant, and Paul said it's better to, you know, you know, for those who well, can handle it, not to marry. At the time, probably most of the people I hung out with were either not dating anyone or already married, had been for ages, and I was friends with both spouse. Okay. So... I don't think I, I don't remember during the, and it was only a couple of months uh, between making the plan and meeting you. Sorry for ruining that. Um, what sounded like a perfect you know, plan. You know, it was, way. yeah, it was such a great plan. Um, so your man plan was? My man plan was basically. Devote myself to the kingdom. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to help me to feel nothing. It's got all the hallmarks of a genius plan. I know. It's biblical. It's scriptural. It's, yes. Sounds great. Oh, yeah. Moves away from all your like, oh, yeah. Wah. Yeah. And then Perfect. so one day the Lord was just like, about that plan of yours? Yes. And what did, what was that like? Because he's now inviting you back into mystery. 
Well, to begin with, I wasn't that thrilled about it, which is why I spent an entire day crying. So, what were the tears about? Um, the tears were about realizing a whole bunch of things, like that. As much as I thought I was living open to God, I had built a wall around my heart and really didn't want to talk to him about relationships or any of the disappointments that I had. Wow. Um, and when, again, when I journaled and he said, the man that I have for you will pursue you, he will worry you with kindness. So this is terrifying information because that means I actually have to be open again. Mm-hmm. I have to feel things. I have to risk it. I have to, you know, so uh, I spent the better part of four and a half hours crying. You know, which I'm not a big crier. Was there any sense that you were like, oh, Lord, if I open up my heart and you don't follow through, the pain of disappointment is far larger than the pain of never even hoping that this is real? Oh, I'm sure. Because I've processed so many other things that way. I'd rather mm. just not hope so then I don't get disappointed. It makes so much sense now why you vomited when you met me and I told you that this is what my goals were. Yeah. Because you repeated to me what I had journaled. When I was thus fulfilling the word of the Lord. Yes. And so I just needed to quickly nip to the loo and vomit so that I could appear normal. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have to admit it would have been worse had I vomited sitting at the table. So I should be thankful, really. Oh, I am. Oh, yeah. I am. So you are familiar with the I will shut down my heart uh, and I will. I mean, yes. in one sense, you weren't quoting scripture, but you're using scripture as a justification to never have feelings about being single for the rest of your life. Yes. Like you'd predetermined your future because it's less painful than living with potential. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say that's that was like sort of historically my pattern and until Chip Dodd and all this feeling nonsense comes into play, uh-huh. you know, uh, that, that typically it would be easier just, hey, if you don't actually have expectations, you can't get disappointed then you won't have feelings that are outside of your control. I'm, I'm so curious if that worked, because on paper it sounds great. Like, if I don't have any expectations, then I will never be disappointed. It's impossible. Therefore, you I have can expectations. Never... Now you're just pretending you don't have them. Oh, or so... Or you're wishing you didn't have them. So or your you're discouragement never went in. away. No. No, no, no. It just, uh, it hid at times for short periods of time. And then uh, we'll spring up and be like, hey. Yeah. Hey, human. Yeah. I'm your feelings. Hey, human. Now that you've eaten all those pretzels, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a friend on Friday. I think it was Friday or Thursday of this week, and they were, you know, they they knew had an, uh, an event coming up, and they were like, "Hey, how did this event go?" And I'm like, "Well, if I told you that I feel like crying because you asked me, and I've eaten three bags of popcorn, would that give you an indication of how it went?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, my feelings taste delicious, they but taste they don't so go good. away." But it was skinny pop, so a surely pop. that's yeah, fine. So yeah, so three yeah. bags of that is practically like healthy. Half a bag of normal, yeah, popcorn. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to feel our feelings. Quick recap. Why do you want to feel your feelings, AJ? Um, well, primarily because God gave you feelings. <laughs> I mean, he gave us the yeah. capacity to feel. Yeah. And then most of us, either through training or choice, figure out how to try and shut mm-hmm. those things off. I love what Chip said when we asked him. You know, He said, I don't really like feelings. This is the guy that wrote the book on feelings. He's like, I don't really like them. Mm-hmm. You know, several of them are scary. You yeah. know. Uh, but you feel your feelings to get to the reward, and the reward is full living. Right. So, you know, you and I were talking earlier about an area of my life where I'm I'm feeling discouraged about. And, you know, my process with the Lord is like, Lord, I feel discouraged about this area. And he's like, yeah, it makes sense why you'd feel discouraged. Because the description you've just given me of this area of your life, that is sad and that is lonely. And, yeah, that, that it would make sense why you're feeling sad and why you're fe- feeling lonely. And there was a, you know, part of my reluctance to feel my feelings is I don't want to get in touch with how desperate it is. I would rather just, you know, power through, power through, keep prophesying future. That's and right. it's it's fascinating being with the Lord going, yeah, that that is a bleak situation. Would you like to give it to me? You're like, whoa. I mean, I don't know. What, what are you going to do with it? I mean, may, maybe nothing. Maybe that's the reality of this season. And I'll still meet you in your sadness and loneliness. Yeah. You know, it's amazing when you discover that God isn't a fairy godmother who's going to make, you know, like, I'll instantly change everything. Rather, I mean, the Lord was just like, yeah, Alan, but the beauty of this season is it's doing something beautiful in your heart. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not sure it's beautiful. It's painful. But, you know, we trust the Lord. And 
so much of life makes sense when we look backwards and go, oh, God, you're so, so brilliant. Uh, you know, he redeems things in a different way. I, I say that and I think about your marriage, your first marriage. Oh, good. I'm glad you're talking about the first one. I was like, if we're speaking of it as my marriage and not your marriage, there's probably a problem. <laughs> no, I was thinking about yeah. how you prayed for years for your first marriage to be restored. Yeah. And then the Lord said, I'm going to redeem it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, and he did. And it's me. Look at you. C'est moi. Say you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So feeling your feelings is super important because yeah. you actually get in touch with your heart. Yeah. And you get in touch with the circumstance of what God's doing. Yeah. Why is it also important then to not just camp out with the feelings part and also bring in the word of God part? Well, I mean, I think to some extent, like when I think about when I would actually get in touch with my feelings, often the Lord would actually drop the word into the mm-hmm. midst of my feelings, right? Mm-hmm. So I've, I have two thoughts with that. I have one, I remember uh, hearing a quote, I think it's from Abby Stumval, where she was talking about, is, I don't, is that how you say her last name? I don't know who you're uh, talking she's about. She's from Bethel, but uh, talking about, hey, your feelings, like feelings are great, you, but they're like children. You can't let them drive the car. You also can't stick them in the trunk. Like, can't lock them in the trunk. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the, neither one of those are a healthy response. But I know in moments when it life did feel overwhelming, mm-hmm. like after uh, my first marriage dissolved and, you know, before I met you and whatever, um, when I did allow myself to feel my feelings, usually only when I was by myself and nobody could see wow. me. <laughs> The Lord would say this same verse to me all the time about a bruised reed he would not break and a smoldering wick wick he will not stuff snuff out. Yeah. And like I remember just sitting there going, Okay, like even if I am how I viewed it as weak and desperate, mm-hmm. like, oh God, I just I feel like I don't even know how to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um he's gonna help me through it. Like he's gonna mm-hmm. make sure I don't break and I don't I don't snuff out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there is something about e- in the midst of feeling your feelings, keeping your face turned towards him and your ears right. tuned to him mm-hmm. uh, for his encouragement and, and for, you know, mm-hmm. what he's sending your way. Our, our pastor, Jeff Dollar, has been doing a great series at Grace Center at the moment all about uh, it's all about the power of the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is sharper, is alive, sharper than a two-edged mm-hmm. sword. And talking about our imagination. I remember Gary Morgan saying that worry is a great uh, misuse of imagination. Yeah. But talking about allowing the Word to paint a more, uh, you know, a better future, future yeah. in your imagination so that you can live towards it. It's a really powerful thing. And I think of the time when our... We used our prophecies and we used our uh, and the scriptures to help counterbalance the reality of our life. So uh, we've talked yeah. about this before. When Patricia King came, gave this word, you know, four words all about uh, finances. And in the time and that time that we had that, we were crippled in debt. We were struggling to make ends meet. Yes. And the the reality of our situation was stark, and we could prove it. We could prove it by not being able to make ends meet. We could prove it by showing our bank statements. And so we needed something to hang on to, not in denial, as in, well, you know, these scriptures say this, therefore we can just live irresponsibly knowing that God's going to, you know, God doesn't order what he doesn't pay for. God doesn't pay for what he, no, God doesn't order what he won't pay for, and, you know, you know, you know, you can just quote misuse scriptures, but rather we wrote up these prophetic words. We wrote up these verses on our bathroom mirror, on our phone, on the wallpaper of our computer yeah. to remind us this is the future that God has for us. Yeah. And where we are right now is a present, it's a present reality, but it's not our future circumstances. Yeah. And using those scriptures to not only combat a reality, but also shape how we look at things. One of the things we do at Grace Center every week is we make declarations when we... Uh, bring our offering and our tithe Mm. to the Lord. And the reason for that is we're speaking over our finances so that we're not passive. Yeah. I think, I think that, uh, I love uh, the way that you just explained that. I think, I think for me, it's, it's feeling your feelings, but then also in the midst of feeling your feelings, aligning your expectations with, with God, because 
both of those things are true. Yes. I do feel overwhelmed. Yes. And, and you said that you've given me a glorious hope yeah. and a glorious future. Yeah. And, you and you're do have never going to leave or forsake me. me. And actually, you know what I mean? So I, th- I think, yeah, it's, it's holding on to both of them with equal strength mm-hmm. and not uh, weighing either of them heavier or lighter right. than they are. Yeah. So we've got, you know, what I'm going to talk about next, the practical steps that you can employ to help you deal with seasons of discouragement are fitting within this tension yeah. of actually being real, feeling your feelings, honoring your heart, yeah. honoring the scriptures, yeah. allowing the word of God to paint a future that you're going to live in mm-hmm. that you presently can't see. Mm-hmm. What, uh, everything I'm going to say next fits within that context. If you take what we're going to say next out of that context, I have fear that the advice we're going to give you is just empty platitude. Right. So you're saying living inside this tension of both of and. doing both and here's some tips. Here's some tips. Okay. And I think I've got three of them. Oh, of course I, you I do. I was telling Asia the other day that... You're either going to have three or five. That often when I speak, <laughs> I just declare how many I have and then that many appear in my head. Wow. Like often when I'm in yeah. conversation, you know, when I'm teaching, it's a little different because I've done pre-thought. But often when I'm in dialogue with people, I'll be like, okay, here's four things you need to know. Mm-hmm. And I don't have those four things. I just think there's four things and then the four things come. Oh, that's so funny because I would go the opposite direction and say, here's a few things I think would be helpful so that I'm not actually locked into a number in case I need to go over <laughs> or under as the case that's may so be. so funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I've got three. Okay, three. Like, number one is you've got to get your feelings outside of yourself. Yeah. Feeling your feelings is good, but you've got to talk about them. Because if you don't, you right. will go stir crazy. We are our own worst counselors. Yes. So you've got to find safe people who are not going to try and fix you to talk. Yes. That I would include God in that. But the notion that you can only talk to God and not other people is misunderstanding why God put you in community. Right. Like if, if all we ever needed was Jesus... In terms of our relational capacity, he wouldn't give us the body. Right. He wouldn't have given us the body. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talk. Otherwise, you're going to go stir crazy. Right. Find safe community. Find safe community. That isn't threatened by emotion. Isn't threatened by emotion and isn't upset with you for having feelings that might be contrary to what they're feeling. Yeah. And they're not going to take that your sharing of how you're feeling as an invitation to try and quote unquote fix you. Yes. So get your feelings outside of you. So because I called it a man plan before, can we reiterate? So, uh, you know, Alan and I, we've talked about this on a couple of different podcasts. And mostly it's usually about like married, uh, you know, married type things. But... Uh, we've talked about listen like a boy or listen like a girl. Which I don't really like those gender stereotypes. Well, but they they, they kind of work, un- unfortunately. <laughs> Explain what it means to Mostly. listen like a boy versus listen like so, a girl. So listen like a boy is listen for how could I help you fix that? Like, how could I help you come up with a plan? How could I fix that for you? Where listen like a girl, you know, we're talking about the girls that go, oh, yeah. You know, and they're not trying to fix anything. They're just connecting with, just you. To be with you. Yeah. Could could we rephrase it as listen with empathy? Sure. And listen with intent. Uh, I mean, we could, but it you know it sounds sexier. Listen like a boy. Or listen like a girl. Sexier? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe not sexier. But all I'm saying is, listen. We're five years into this podcast. We've been saying boy or girl <laughs> the whole time. They get the idea. Yes. But yes. Being empathetic or... Having people just be with you and just be like, that does sound hard. Or just to validate what you're going through and not talk you out of your feelings. Right. Or not, do you know what you want to do? You know what you should do? You know what I did when I had that? Yeah. That's probably not going to be helpful at that point. Yeah. Second thing is all about perspective. Yeah. When we are discouraged, it is so important that we have a proper perspective of what's going on or we will be swallowed up by discouragement. So how do you get a proper perspective? Well, it's important to understand that uh, you look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Mm. Uh, One perspective is what's happening right now is just a season. It's an event and this too shall pass. Like my mother used to say that all the time. Alan, this too shall pass. I say that in my head all the time. Like, Mom, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you in my wife's head? I got it from her. Probably. Yeah. 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 But it's true. Like there is a there is a temptation to think this is now my lot in life. This is mm-hmm. what life will look like. No. Yes. No, there was a time before you felt like this yes. and there will be a time when you don't feel like that. Honestly, I say that a lot about COVID. 
This too shall pass. This too it's shall pass. It's taking a while. Could pass a lot. Never mind. But this too shall pass. So yeah, that perspective of like, this too will pass. This is a season. A second type of perspective it's worth considering is let's say you're having difficulty um, at work. Let's say you're having a work relationship that's causing you distress. Okay. It's important to understand that your that thing is very real and is affecting your work, but your life is made up of more than just work. Yes. So you have a beautiful family. You have a life outside of work. Or, or, or put another way, you're having difficulty um, uh, with a family member, right? You're just like, oh, my gosh, my mom or my dad or my sister or my brother. You're having a sibling conflict. Understand that your life is larger than just that conflict. Right. So you've got a friend group. You've got a church community. And it's so important that we don't waste time trying to tell ourselves not to feel things about the thing that's causing us trouble, but instead use that energy to focus on us, focus on the things that give us joy in life. Right. So, for example, you're like, yes, I am having relational discord with my brother. Yes. Yes, he's driving me nuts. Yes, he keeps making decisions that are you know, causing me sleepless nights and heartache and perhaps financial ramifications. But I also have a beautiful spouse and beautiful children, and I live in a great area, and there's a park, and I can go for a walk. And that sounds like you're talking yourself out of what you're feeling. It's not. It's you learning to appreciate the things that you have got going well for you, rather than being overwhelmed and avalanched by this thing. Right, because often we're spending time uh, stressing, or again, using our imagination for worry about things we cannot control because somebody else is making decisions. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually, if we can actually focus on the things that we do have a say in and that are going well, that's a lot more, it's a healthier, it's going to give us a healthier perspective. Would you like to know one of my new favorite apps? I would. It's called Pearl. Pearl. P-E-A-R-L, in case you can't understand my accent. R-L, yep. Yeah. Pearl, that's how you spell and it. And basically all it is is an app that interrupts your day with reminders of things you wanted to remind you. It comes preloaded with some reminders. But I like set up some reminders. Like, I used to be drowning in debt, but now I'm not, and I live in abundance. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'll just be going through my day, and it will just stop, and my phone or my watch will just go, hey, I used to be drowning in debt, but now I'm not. I'm living in abundance. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you're right. I remember what it was like. I remember literally what it was like not knowing how to make ends meet. Yeah. And now I don't live like that, and I'm I'm so grateful. Yeah. Or, you know, just something simple like, like you know, don't give up hope. Oh, I'm not going to give up hope. And it just reminds you throughout the day. And you can write your own little flashcards, pop up on your phone as a notification or pop up on your watch. Sounds simple, sounds trite, but it gives you something else to focus. I just right. write a list of things I'm thankful for. I Right. So you're talking about thankfulness. That's what I use the pictures on my iPhone. You know, we I have that bigger window, whatever it's called. A widget. A widget. Mm-hmm. And so the different, you know, pictures come up. It picks pictures. Shut mm-hmm. up. <laughs> You're looking at me. Well, anyway, I look at them. On and- iOS 14 and yes. iOS 15. Yes. There is a widget for the Photos app where you can just add it to your home screen. And it will, through the genius of artificial intelligence and machine learning, surface photos that you've long forgotten even exist. And, like... Higher than nine times out of ten, they're excellent photos, aren't they? I mean, yes. they're just a brilliant and photos. And they're often ones I haven't looked at in forever. And I just it turns me to thankfulness like right away. Like, oh, I'm so thankful for that person mm-hmm. or, you know, for that. It's not usually the moment. It's usually the people in the photograph that I'll, I'm like, I'll frequently oh, screenshot so my home screen and send it to the person. Oh, and so go, do I. My phone reminded me of yeah. today. I just want to say I love yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love that, too. I think thankfulness is a great way of regaining perspective. The Photos widget and the Pearl app. I'll put a link in the show notes. Perfect. The third thing. So, first thing is, like, get get your feelings out of you. Like, speak. Yeah. Number two. What was perspective. Number two? Perspective. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh, I'll be You're fine. welcome. Number three is pay attention to the company you keep. Mm-hmm. Because some of your company might be fueling your discouragement. Yeah. I mean, if you just get with other people that are like-minded in their discouragement and just hang out with them. Or people who have, uh, whose lives run on uh, trauma. They're fueled by trauma and anger and distress. And so they, they want to, because perhaps they don't know another way out, mm-hmm. they get their energy from things being wrong. Yes. And okay. so they want to point out what's wrong with the world. That's a pretty toxic environment to be in. So 
But again, if you don't know anything different, you might think that's normal. But then I would put that I, I agree with what you're saying, and you're saying watch the company you keep. Yep. But under company you would keep, I would also put music you listen to, podcasts you listen to, uh, Twitter feeds, Twitter you, feeds listen, you know, because those that would all feed the same thing mm-hmm. of p- people that choose to continuously live in contention. You say that, and I realize that there is a really interesting dynamic that I'm aware I do in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm not alone in this is where we outsource our problem to fiction. And what I mean by that is we're drawn to TV shows that are dealing with the issues that we're dealing with so we don't have to deal with them. So we watch shows about characters who are experiencing the same distress as us. So we watch victory happen or we have commiseration without actually having to engage in our own story. Okay. Does that make sense? Or we we watch stuff that is like so far removed. Like there's a whole bunch of TV shows that I don't want to watch that everybody loves that I'm just like, that sounds like marriages breaking up, you know, problems with children, children you know, all this, like all the kind of stuff that we will sit down and, and pray with people for, which I want to do. But then I'm going to feel like I often watch those shows and I realize I've spent time, like when I got in the bath or whatever, praying for fictional characters from a TV show because... She used to be like that with ER. Uh-huh. You would be praying in tongues for the person in surgery. I'd be like, babe, fiction, fictional character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I go the other way as opposed to wanting to watch a TV show that is similar and I get to work it out that mm-hmm. way. I'm like, I, I can't. I can't. You want to go the other way too yeah, for distraction. I want to watch something about aliens or something that's like far removed from any form of reality, like yeah. Avengers or something. Yeah, all I want to say is just pay attention to the reasons you're hanging out with certain people because yeah. it could be that you're burning out your adrenal glands, finding comfort in other people being angry about the same thing you're angry about yeah. instead of just being present with your pain and, and moving Such forward. That's a good point. I think, too, like I know you've hit your three. Yeah, but add in some bonus uh, ones. I don't own the Monopoly I, I in the market. I think, too, like, you know, we already said, this. you know, everything is seasonal. So right. when you find yourself in a season of discouragement that you're like, this thing is not shifting, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good time to go. Maybe this in this season, I'm going to go get help shifting it. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Okay. Uh, seriously. Yeah. Because what I wanted to say to people, having, uh, having struggled with mental illness in my early 20s, what I would want to say is if you're listening to this, and you've put these things into practice, but you're still feeling like you're sinking in life, it might be a good idea to get a professional perspective. Yeah. Like, there's no shame in going to a doctor, going to a therapist, going to a counselor, going, hey, I, I've, I've employed various techniques to help keep my head above water, but I'm feeling overwhelmed, sad, despondent, depressed. Yeah. And getting an outside perspective, because... If there is a clinical problem, all the quoting of scripture in the world, all of the, um, you know, feeling your feelings is not going to help if there's a, a an underlying medical problem. Yeah. And I want to encourage you, you know, go see an expert. That certainly helped me. I remember being 21. Of course, I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff. But even then, if I did, I don't think it would have helped me. Um, I mean, I had plenty of demons, and I, I had a, a proper medical problem that praise the Lord, through doctors and through the Holy Spirit, got healed. Right. But, but I would hate for you to be listening to this thinking, yeah. I'm, you know, I just need to, you know, feel my feelings more. I need to quote scripture more if there's an underlying... Well, yeah, what I mean but, is, like, if we were doing a podcast about stretching your muscles, but you'd broken your leg, right? the trick wouldn't be like, oh, I guess I'm just a lightweight because I'm feeling pain when I'm stretching the muscle. No, you might need surgery in your leg, right. is all yeah, I'm saying. Physiotherapy. But also, I think, because you said, like, if you are... If you are drowning, if you're underwater, blah, 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 I don't even think you need to get to you're drowning, right. you're underwater, you're depressed. Like, I think if you realize I'm spending a lot of time having to manage and process my emotions, like more yes. than normal, maybe that's the season where you just need some extra help. Absolutely. Managing your emotions and, and diving into that with somebody who has a different perspective. Yep. So I have a therapist. Yep. Right. And my therapist isn't from my world per se or, you know, but he's helping me see things from a different point of view mm-hmm. and helping me figure out where, hey, you're actually not connecting with your own emotions or your own needs. Or do you realize that you're doing X, Y, Z? And I'm like, no, 
Like yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and sometimes it's like he, you know, he said a few things that you have said before, but when you said it, I was like, you know, well, you know, whatever, whatever my well, response was. I was probably was in, in my moment, underwear, so you were distracted. I probably was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, my therapist is fully clothed, and so we're fine. <laughs> You totally and licensed like, and, and licensed, the professional yes. and is not married to you. Yes. And has credibility and, yes. that I do and, not have. And and he very nicely points out things that probably if you had said them, I would be like, well, yeah, well, you. You're wrong. Well, yeah, be blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, where, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I think there's seasons where it's just great to realize, you know what? I'm in a season where I need some outside help. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't and, mean you're broken. And maybe don't let it get to where you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're broken. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're... No. It means you're human. There is no shame in needing help. We're built to need help. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, there's any other thoughts on dealing with discouragement? Just don't give up. Don't give up. Oh, that's what my phone just said. Don't give up. It did? No, it didn't. But oh. it often does. It says don't give up hope. Yeah. All right. I have a listener's question for you. Oh, okay. On the topic of feelings. Oh, dear. Okay. This is a great question. This oh. is from Amanda. And she asks, how do you go about cleaning up a mess when you realize you've made a mistake in a relationship? Not necessarily a romantic one. Mm-hmm. What are the practical steps to doing so, but also... Steps in regarding to processing your own feelings of guilt. And bonus question, what's the difference between guilt and shame in those situations and how would they look? You tackle the first two, I'll tackle the last one. Well, I can't even remember the first two, so... Give me some practical steps. You just realized you've made a boo-boo in your relationship. How do you go and clean up that mess? Well, you apologize. Go Just go and own your stuff. Okay. You realize you've made a mistake, you've hurt someone... Go and own that. And what would that look like? Going up and saying, hey, Alan, I'm really sorry. I realize I snapped at you. I did whatever it is. You know, like go and own what you did and apologize for it. Okay. Hold that thought. I think you're perfectly right. Okay. What are some things that would minimize what you're doing there that sound helpful but ultimately wouldn't be? You're going to apologize. What are some things not to do when you go to apologize? Oh, uh explain why actually your motivation of your heart was was good and so you should be okay with it but but here's the thing you know i still want to apologize mm-hmm. so when you try justifying and justify mm-hmm. hey, hey no, no no i mean what i meant to do or try and make it about their issue i i'm like, really sorry i did this i'm sorry that you were so oversensitive but you suck <laughs> <laughs> like going low and slow yeah and actually inviting the person into uh, I've, I've, uh, jury's out on this, but I'm leaning away from automatically apologizing oh. and actually going with an open hand and like being willing to apologize. But what they might not need is an apology. Might What they might just need is a connection or what they might need is a curious heart going, hey, when I said this thing, I, I have feelings of guilt, which tells me I've probably done something wrong because guilt tells us we need, we've done something wrong and we need to repair a relationship. I feel guilty about this, but I'm realizing as I think about it, I'm, I'm interpreting my actions from my perspective. Did this hurt you when I said this? Like just opening up that. Is there anything you need in that? Because yeah. they might not need an apology. Because what I've learned is often when I apologize, I apologize to ensure that you can't have feelings anymore. Ah. So my apology isn't about I am sorry for the thing I've done. It's I'm sorry you're having feelings. And I've learned this really super Christian phrase where I say, I'm sorry. And now you're no longer allowed to have any feelings. So I can be okay, which is horrible. Like, right. So it's not when I say I'm not going with an apology, leading with an apology. It's not because I don't want to apologize. It's actually I want to repair. And you might not need, like I've realized in our relationship, which is romantic, often you need space. It is romantic. You need space. I do. You don't need a thorough breakdown of what happened. And a I blow almost by blow always, account. if we have some kind of run-in, need space right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my effort to fix it so that I don't have my feelings Just of guilt anymore. Just frustrates me further. Yeah. 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 So that, that's what I mean. It's like When I say, you know, I'm not leading with apologizing, it's not that I don't want to own my stuff. I really do. Yeah. I first want to explore because it's a little bit arrogant sure. of me to imagine that I know why you might be hurt by what I said. Yeah. Because as we're learning, 
my track record at knowing what you're thinking is often off. <laughs> yeah, only like 95% of the time, though. So, <laughs> Well, it's 100% of the time because I know you're having feelings. It's just that I often guess the wrong one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to have to reread the question. So that's the steps. But the other question, so like that's the steps. What do you do? You go repair it. Uh, let me ask about repairing. One of the phrases I often hear from people as I'm coaching them is they're like, well, you know, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. What do you think about waiting for the right opportunity as opposed to making the right opportunity? Well, I would, I would make the opportunity. I don't, I mean, so, well, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that the right opportunity is ever going to come if you're waiting for something like some sort of sign or something. I, I, the, the, but I'm, I'm waiting probably for the not right, built that way. <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah. Waiting for the right opportunity to have confrontation you'll have plenty of reasons to think it's not the right opportunity. Right. A much better way is just saying, hey, can I talk to you because I... And talk about yourself. Like, I use I statements. Yeah. I felt when yeah. we, so could we talk about it. Yeah. All right. So, Amanda, first thing is, if you're going to need to clean up a mess, just own it, be curious, step in. Uh, that's the practical steps of doing so. But also processing your own feelings of guilt... Well, you know, when we feel guilt, it's a gift from God that tells us that we've done something wrong. Mm. And if we sit with our feelings of guilt, it leads us to our need for forgiveness and our need to repair things. Mm -hmm. And here's the beautiful thing. Okay, let me paint a really sketchy situation. Let's say I'm in a relationship with somebody who is highly manipulative. Why are you touching my arm while you say I'm, this? Because <laughs> you're going to be the highly manipulative person. Oh. In this example, this completely fictitious example. Yes. And this highly manipulative person uh -huh. gets off on watching other people be in distress because they like having the power over that person. But let's say I've also legitimately hurt the person. Okay. Right? Or I've said something, I've snapped at them, yeah. and now I have guilt because I've sinned in response to being sinned against. So let's say AJ tries to control or manipulate me. And I call her out on that, but I'm actually quite harsh. And maybe I've said some unkind words. I'm having guilt about that. And let's say I go to AJ, I listen to my guilt, and my guilt says, hey, Alan, that was an unkind thing. You need to go own that. And I go to AJ, but she won't receive my, you know, no. Oh, oh so you're, you're back again? Oh, yeah. Oh, you just think you can speak to me like that, and then you can just come back cap in hand? You think it's going to be okay? This manipulative person is not owning my not owning their part, not wanting to receive my apology because they actually like having the power dynamic of like, oh, now the relationship's broken. I can leverage this somehow. Here's the beauty in your guilt. The very act of going with a heart of reconciliation, even if you can't be reconciled, will restore your heart to the peace that you need because you made an effort to go. Yes. So it's this win-win situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You seek restoration, and even if you don't get it, there's still a healing bomb that comes to your heart. Yes. That's important to know if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't want to deal with their thing. So good. Can you stop touching me now while you talk about the manipulative person? You're not a manipulative you know, person, just, uh... darling. You're kind. You're courteous. Oh, you work thanks. out your stuff. You've treated me with exceptional kindness and so much patience. It's unbelievable. You are as far from manipulative as oh, I could imagine. Thank you. Does that feel better? Yes, much better. Great. Anything else you need? <laughs> no. Okay. That's all I needed. Okay, good. Checking. I was trying to think when you were telling the story how I could act like a manipulative person, but then I thought, I don't actually know where we're going with this. <laughs> so anyway. All right. The latter part of the question was, what's the difference between guilt and shame in those situations, and, and how would they look? Guilt and shame have got very similar impairments. Mm. That is, if you don't feel your guilt, and if you don't feel your shame, you'll end up in a place of toxic shame. Yes. All right. Your toxic shame when you're in uh, guilt might say, I don't need to apologize because it's all them and it won't make any difference. And you know what? I was in the right anyway. Like it, it, it kind of turns haughty. Your toxic shame, if you don't feel your shame, might be uh, there's really no point in doing it because, you know, nothing ever changes and I'm a, such a bad person and they wouldn't even hear me if I went to reconcile. Guilt tells us, hey, I've done something wrong and I need to repair it. And shame, if we listen to our shame, if we sit with our healthy shame, it leads us to a place of humility. Yeah. That is, I've got limitations. So, for example, uh, I was with a friend the other day, and they uh, told me how I had hurt them. And I listened to them, and I had genuinely hurt them. They were hurt by my behavior. And they, they didn't need anything in that moment. I think they just needed to share, hey, you hurt me. 
And also I'm going away, not as a defense, but realizing, yeah, I understood that my limitations hurt you. And I have to make peace with that. Like, I can't be everywhere at all times. And I, I've got limitations. I can't be uh, constantly by somebody's side. I can't constantly serve you them as much. You can't meet everybody's I am, needs. I am limited. You're one person, yeah. And my limitation has caused you pain. And I'm, I'm sorry for the fallout of that. And I'm at peace understanding I've got limitations. That would be healthy shame in action, recognizing I've got limitations. I, yeah. I can't do everything, uh, you know, all times. And it's important to sit with them. Another way of thinking about it is guilt lets us know we've done something wrong. Toxic shame tells us that we are. There is something wrong about us. Yeah, it's an identity thing yeah. rather than... Guilt yeah. is an action-oriented. Mm. Uh, toxic shame is is personal-oriented. Like, mm-hmm. I am flawed rather mm-hmm. than I did something flawed. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps. Oh, I hope it does too. AJ, if you had questions that you wanted to be asked on the show, where would you go? I would go to alanandaj.com slash ask. Or you can just reach out on Twitter at Alan and AJ, or you can DM us on Instagram at Alan and AJ. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. If people would like to watch the videos and they would like to get priority on their Q&A, if they would like to have access to the behind-the-scenes connection center that we have and get discounts on our products, how would they do that? Well, you can sign up. Uh, to be a uh, member mm-hmm. uh, by going to alanandaj.com slash join. Absolutely it perfect. It feels like a quiz that I'm, I'm, yeah, like, you're doing I'm getting great. to pass the test. And if you want the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj.com slash... 254. 254, perfect. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for being with us. If you're new, you just go ahead and subscribe and you'll get a new episode next week. See you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.